Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Nerd Out Sanctuary. Uh, I am your host, Michael. This is, what, uh, the 19th episode of Nerd Out Sanctuary? And, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you guys are uh, doing okay, doing well during this whole quarantine situation. Um, I think it's starting to a little bit open up a little bit more, at least uh, I am. Uh, um, so let's get into a couple little updates here. I'm actually going to be going back to work on Monday, so I'm, I'm so I really needed to record this now on uh, uh, Thursday because uh, my weekend's a little bit booked up. So I'll edit it and upload it sometime in that I don't know when exactly, but I'm working on Monday. So like I've been talking about in my previous episodes, these are probably going to be a little bit more sporadic. Hopefully, I can still put them out once every week. I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to try. I'm really going to try my best to continue to do that because I love doing this and I love talking. Even if no one's really watching, I still really enjoy this. But, uh, yeah. Um, the good thing is, I'm going to be working four 10 hour shifts. So I'll have hopefully a three day weekend, barring if it rains, because usually when it rains, we can't really do anything. So we just call it a rain day. We all go home for the day. Um, and then we usually we use that Friday that to actually work. So we have we get our forty hours. <clears throat> but um yeah, uh with um so hopefully maybe I have a three day weekend gives me a lot more time to um uh, put an episode out and maybe I'll just be able to just have like devote one day just to do an entire episode. Like notes, record, edit and upload in just one day because I usually split it up into two. You know, I record, I, I do my notes, and then I record in one day and then put everything on my computer. And then the next day I edit everything and then um, extract it and then upload it and then clip it up and upload those clips as well on the same, usually the same day. But, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll be able to try to do that one whole day. You know, stay up real late, have <laughs> those late nights. You know, hey man, like I, I, I love doing some I love doing this and you just kinda have to do things that you love to do and but I mean I also need to work and I need to make money, you know. I, I need to survive here. But uh so yeah, that's 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 the update here. Um hope you guys are doing well. Um we have a decently packed episode. We have an interesting one. I have an interesting one. I don't know why I keep saying we. Like I'm start I'm like diminishing how important I am. This is all me, boy, boys and girls. This is all fucking me here. I'm also kind of doing something a little bit different. I'm just like, I'm actually centering up my camera. So, because I usually would like kind of move it over and then put all the shit like on the side. But I think there's a way I can just, you know, move actual my footage over and shift it over and then just put shit on the other side. So I'm going to try to do that. So it's just a little bit easier for me to record and maybe get a little bit more consistency with my videos so hopefully this kind of works but if not i might not even put graphics in this <laughs> this episode so hopefully that doesn't happen because i i feel like I, I love putting uh graphics in my episodes and i think it adds a little bit more to my episodes also my hair is all fucked up but eh, you know what i don't give a shit i just got up i just took a shower and now i'm here it happens you know but like i said we have a little bit of a packed episode i'm talking about three films today three um, we're reviewing three films. One of them is an anime. It's a big one, too. Um, and then we have a little bit of a, a topic that I'm not really looking forward to talking about. 
at the end of this episode, I'm taking a break of my top 100. Um, again, sorry. I know a lot of you know, some of you are probably a little bit disappointed in that, but it's gonna come. It's eventually gonna get get there. But I need those to carry. I need those to spread out. You know, that needs to last me a long time, so I have things to talk about here. I mean, I'm always gonna have shit to talk about here, but yeah, something interesting has happened in the uh, video game world, and uh, it's kind of. <laughs> It really disappoints me, and I haven't been this disappointed um, since uh, I played Mass Effect 3 and I, you know, experienced that ending. And that, like, I, I like, didn't get over that for, like, an entire month. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this, it's not very, I'm not looking forward to really talking about it, but I feel like I need to, to just therapy for me, to be truthfully honest. And I have a platform to do so, because, and, uh, yeah, so we'll get, well, We'll get to that when I get when I get there. So let's just get into this episode of Nerd Out Sanctuary. The Sanctuary. The first of our film. Um, we're reviewing. I'm reviewing. I don't know why I keep saying wait. But I saw um, Perks of Being a Wallflower for the first time. Um, and it's available on Netflix. Um, the film came out in 2012, which is actually a decent amount of how long ago. It was eight years, so... It's kind of crazy how old I'm getting, even though 24 is really not that old, but, you know, hey, whatever, as I pick my nose. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, if you're unfamiliar with Perks of Being a Wallflower, it's based off of a novel of, I'm pretty sure, the same name. It's about this introverted kid who is a freshman in high school, and he's very, you know, wallflowery. You know, he's just kind of tries to not, like, really interact with anyone and, you know, kind of has a little bit of a traumatic past, which you don't really find out until later. But then he meets these two seniors who kind of take him in, take him under his wing, and, like, become friends with him. And that's and that's kind of what the film's about. And uh, so the the director here is Steve, Stephen Chaba- Chaboski? Chaboski? Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure the main thing he's done is this film. He's done, I think, Beauty and the Beast, the live-action version, which I didn't really hear anything good about, and I was not going to fucking see that film. But, um, yeah, he did this film. Um, Logan Lerman stars as the main character, um, as Charlie. Uh, Ezra Miller and Emma Watson are the two friends that he, two seniors that he befriends in the film, and he also maybe falls for one of them, um, Emma Watson's character, and you kind of get to see how that turns out. So that's the film. That's the little synopsis. That's where we're at. Um, this is definitely an introverts movie though. I will, I will definitely give it that. Um, maybe not the exact one to follow as an introvert, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, it's definitely a wonderful feel good type of film, which is always awesome. Um, I always like films like this, you know, kind of like, put, put their hand on your shoulder and be like, you know what, it's okay, man, it's okay to, you know, to be like this, and th- this is really great, and it's definitely a therapeutic type of film, type of story, it's incredibly relatable, and therefore very rewatchable, you know, relatability and rewatchability definitely go hand in hand when in terms of storytelling, um, and films and TV and everything, but, uh, yeah, so, it's very relatable, and so that's really awesome. So let's like just get into what the film does well. Uh, first off, um, the acting in this film is stellar. I think there's no poor performance. There's no standout that's bad. 
um, I think the main standout that's really great is um, Logan Lerman. I'm I'm actually incredibly surprised because I, the only thing I've really seen him in is those like Percy Jackson films that I've 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 only seen really clips of, but they haven't really been great been good. And uh, the Hunters film, the Hunters series, and I've reviewed that series on my channel. I suggest you check that 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 video out. I've you know I've clipped it up from my episode, and it's it's on this channel. So I suggest you. Um, listen to that, but I mean, I, I didn't really, I wasn't incredibly impressed by his performance. I mean, I really wasn't really incredibly impressed by anything in that show, but, um, yeah, he was, he was just kind of fun, but here he's a lot better. And I see what the hype was behind him coming from this film. Cause I think there was a decent amount of hype for, um, Logan Lerman as an actor coming out of this one because he delivers a phenomenal performance and uh, Ezra Miller and Emma Watson also do really great plus there's like a really awesome small performance by Paul Rudd and I think that the scenes with Paul Rudd are like some of the best <laughs> and it's pretty there's specifically one moment between him and Logan Lerman's character that's really touching I thought that was really special I like that a lot I like that one scene very much um it's like towards the end of the film um doesn't hurt that the film is filmed in like mostly my area like that tunnel that they go they go in and they stand on the car and they're like yeah free world fucking whatever i'm free um i've driven through that tunnel uh, <laughs> multiple times actually so uh yeah uh it's kind of cool you know go pittsburgh i mean it's filmed in pittsburgh uh the football team that's filmed in that one scene where they're at a football game the away team is actually the high school that I used to work at, which is kind of cool. The um, Thomas Jefferson High School, shout out to them. Um, yeah, I mean they they're always like wearing like Pittsburgh, you know Pittsburgh. There's one scene where he's wearing a Pittsburgh team, uh, Steelers shirt. Go Steelers! Hopefully we don't suck this year. Please Ben, don't suck. If we even have an NFL season, but yeah, go Steelers, go Stellers. How about them Stellers? And at, but uh, yeah, I could have used a little bit more Pittsburghese. It was funny that at one moment in the in the film, um, some chick calls him a jag off, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Fitting in a little bit of Pittsburgh lingo, I appreciated that. Just drinking water today, today guys. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so yeah, it's pretty it, that it's that adds a little bit of something that uh, you know a little bit more bias because I'm from the area, which is kind of cool. Um, it. Uh, and the story, like I said, the story is very relatable. It's a coming of age story, so it is going to be relatable. But it's especially if for, you know, one of those kids who were kind of, you know, didn't talk a lot in high school and wasn't very outgoing. You weren't part of the it crowd, you know. And that's that's very cool, and that's, you know, relatable. And also, you know, falling for a girl and like always like thinking about her and all that bullshit with the having a crush. That's also very relatable. I mean, I think everyone's kind of been there before, but uh. Yeah, so um, also the direction of the film is really well done. There is a certain surprise that is kind of hidden um, in the film, and I thought this was I thought this was kind of just going to be like a by the numbers type of thing. And the film actually surprised me, which was really awesome. I was I, I mean it's I mean it, it's not incredibly rare for a film to surprise me. I am kind of like I, I'm uh, surprisingly you might think I am I can predict films pretty well i mean i can probably predict predictable horror films because that's easy but just normal stories i actually can't really predict too much i'm usually kind of wrong 
But uh, yeah, this film surprised me, and that's always an added benefit for the for the good. Like not surprising, like oh, I can't believe you actually did that. Like something I'm going to be talking about at the end of this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it surprised me in a good way, and it makes sense for the story and enhances the story. And like, and you view things a little di- bit differently, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why he's like that. Uh, it makes sense. So. That was really great, and that's all on the director and the editor tr- pulling that off, because that's always kind of a rough thing. I don't know if the book does the same thing, if they reveal it in the very beginning or the end. I've heard both things. I mean, I've heard it from a, uh, one of my friends who's read the book, but I think he th- he also thinks it's revealed at the very end, but uh, it's it's kind of, I don't know. I, I, haven't read the, I haven't read the novel, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, the themes in the film are also really great, and that I agree with. There's you know, you don't control where you come from, but you control where you go from there. And that's like an explicit line that Logan Lerman says in narrates in the film at the very end. And that's great. It's a great theme. It's a great concept to to get out there. You know, just it also kind of fits with my message that I consistently give at the end of my episodes. You know, it's OK to not be OK right now because tomorrow might not be as bad as today is, and it might be, most likely will be better. So, you know, time is a good healer, and uh, also, you know, you can control where you go from that shitty moment in your life, you know? Sometimes you can't really control those shitty moments from happening to you, but you can control, you know, how you use that shitty moment in your life, um and to move on from there. I thought that was really awesome and very a very beautiful theme. I really liked that a lot. Um, so since we talked about all the good things, let's talk about some criticisms that I have. Uh, honestly, there's really not a lot. There, a lot of them are just kind of nitpicks and just kind of my personal, you know, flaws with the film. Um, I just thought, I think the uh, there's this one moment where um, he mentions his old friend. Um, ha- something happens to him. And it's just kind of thrown away. Like it's not that that whole that whole thing is just never really explored. I mean, I could have missed something, but I feel like he just kind of throws it away. You know, like this this thing happened to my friend and to me. And uh, what the fuck? Oh, that's my dishwasher. Sorry, sorry. There's a lot of noise going on in my room. Sorry. <coughs> Hopefully, you don't hear it as much as I do. But uh, yeah, so he mentions his friend in one in one scene, and it's like that's kind of a mo- monumental thing to bring up. Um, I think we should probably deal with that, and it's never really dealt with. But I mean, again, it's really not the most important thing that he's really dealing with. So I get that the bullying seems a little bit cliche. I mean, again, I wasn't really in a high school, and I wasn't in high school in the '90s. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I was born in the 90s. I was born in 1996, so I wasn't in high school at that at that time. So I don't really know what bullying was. I mean, it's kind of that's not even something for really my my brother. I mean, it's probably something for my brother to tell you. I mean, he's what 34. You know, he was born in 86. I mean, the late 90s, I believe he was in high school. I, I believe he would have been. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's that's a question for him. Um, but yeah, it just seems like it was a little cliche from the bullying, but I mean, again, the time period I'm not really incredibly familiar with, but like the big criticism I have with the film, but this is just from my experience. I mean, I think just the whole concept of being stuck on this one girl and being so into this one girl 
and just like, oh, you know, if I just wait, play the waiting game, she'll eventually come around and she'll like me. And obviously, like, it works in the film, but I mean, like, that rarely works. You know, there's a moment in the film where there's another girl, like, standing right in front of him saying, like, hey, I really like you, you know? And, like, it's like, oh, you know, cool, you know? She likes him. I mean, I get it. You know, she's not, you know, a match for him. The other girl is. But, I mean, like, come on. Like, I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me. I mean, it does rub me a little bit the wrong way because... In my experience, you know, being, like, caught up in this one, like, that one girl, you know, usually never works out. Like, you know, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she'll eventually come around and, you know, like you. And it's like, eh, that rarely happens. And if that's happened to you, you're fucking lucky. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of need to be a little bit more... Because I'm sure I've, there's been other girls that liked me, but since my perspective was just like kind of like I used tunnel vision on this this one girl, I just kind of missed. I missed the opportunity. And, you know, you pay for that over time, and it, it kind of sucks. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't—it's not a really great thing to get out there. It's like, oh, you know, be hung up on this one girl and wait around for her. And, like, it seems—it's it's like, oh, man— like, what the hell, dude? And, like, there is a moment where it's like, dude, you're kind of an asshole for doing that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so. Uh, that, but that's also just kind of a me thing, you know? I mean, it, obviously, it helps with the story. The story, it, like, needs them to be together at the end. So it is also a movie. <laughs> but, so, that it's that's just kind of my personal criticism. And, I, and that doesn't really, re- you know play into how good the film is you know it's just kind of a concept that i'm just like eh, i wouldn't really spread that too much you know because you know a lot of kids you know are gonna think oh man if i just wait around you know and wait there for her to just you know break up with her boyfriend i'll be i'll be there you know to pounce and <laughs> saying no it's don't do that don't do that guys don't do that kids but anyway so does the film have the movie magic though does it got the movie magic the mikey's movie magic hopefully you don't hear the buzzsaw outside <laughs> but um yeah it definitely does i enjoyed the entire runtime i mean i think my my criticisms are very kind of downplayed um uh, opposed to what i really like about the film and i could definitely see myself watching this film again um it's it's pretty rewatchable mainly because it's very relatable um, so, yeah, it definitely has a movie magic. I, I would highly recommend it. If you're definitely into those, like, coming-of-age stories, those kind of feel-good movies, those movies that just kind of, like like I said, put their hand on your shoulder and just be like, it's okay. You know, it's a good film to kind of watch if you're kind of feeling down, especially if you're in high school. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a really quality film. Plus, it's filmed in Pittsburgh, so just saying. Pittsburgh is an awesome city. Don't be shitting on my Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower. It's available on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's it's it's, it's a quality film. All right, moving on to my next film. We have a film, a uh, Netflix original, actually. Um, It's called Triple Frontier. I always want to say Triple Threat for some reason. <laughs> but, no, Triple Frontier. Um, it's Like I said, it's a Netflix original. It's directed by J.C. Chander? 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 I, I am the worst with names. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. But uh, he's also done A Most Violent Year. 
Um, I think he just produced that, and he also did a film called Margin Call, which I haven't seen, but I've heard good things about. But uh, yeah, this film, um, it came out in 2019. Um, and I'm, I just kind of want to personally apologize to the filmmakers on this one because I didn't even mention it in my top 19 list. Like, as I would, I, you know, mentioned the films that I haven't seen that may have made it in and, you know, my fringe films and then my top, my, I ran down my top 10 of 2019. And I definitely think this one deserved to be mentioned in that list because this film is really good um so yeah uh i th- i don't know if it would have made my top 10 i don't like giving giving it a little bit of thought probably not i don't think it would have bumped any film out but i think it would have been like um portrait of a lady on fire i think it would have been near the top of my fringe films um because i had a lot of fun watching this one but uh yeah so is, what what really makes the film worth watching though let's 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 get into that let's get into why this film is so good i mean it's not like the greatest fucking film ever but it's really great so first off the song choices very rock heavy and like kind of metal a little bit at the beginning um fucking awesome <laughs> great great song choice uh uh from whom the bell tolls um from metallica gets played and i'm like this is the greatest thing ever i'm so glad you chose that um even if even if it's not like probably the perfect song choice but it's still great because i love that track but uh yeah so the music's kind of kind of kind of the shit all um all five i forgot to kind of give the background on the synopsis of the film i'm sorry about that so if you haven't you know seen or you know i haven't heard about this movie triple frontier it's basically five um veterans like special forces veterans whether it's i don't know it's kind of muddy i think they were they all did fight for the u.s and their country and they were special forces operators um operatives and they kind of reunite to basically steal money from this cartel leader um, and they kind of rationalize it behind, like, well, you know, he's a leader of a cartel. We're not going to kill anyone other than probably him. And then we're just going to steal all this fucking money and then get out because we're capable, um, warriors and we're smart and we can do it. And we have the knowledge and the wherewithal to do it. So it's these five operatives, um, and it stars Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, guy who plays Jackson, Sons of Anarchy, um, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal, Prince Oberyn, or even the Mandalorian in the new Mandalorian series. So, yeah. Um, let's get back to what the film does well, because, you know, I, I forget shit and I'm an idiot. But, um, yeah, um, all five of these actors are fucking amazing in this film. Um, especially Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac. They both really bring it. Um I mean, Pedro, all of them, all of them are great. I mean, there's really no particular stand-up because they all have moments of just absolute, like, they're great and they all work really well together and complement each other and it's kind of the shit. But, uh, and you also, they're all very believable but that they're these spec ops type of dudes. I'm sure they did put in a lot of training for this. And, uh, yeah, cause it just, it just adds this extra layer of realism and grittiness to it when, you know, they're kind of performing these like they're clearing a house 
and they're like you know clearing their corners and very and they're communicating and everything it's it's, it's very it seems really realistic i mean again i'm not a i'm not a you know special operative so i, I don't really know <clears throat> but it seems like they're you know doing things that special operatives would have done in this situation so i thought that was really cool um the action scenes are really well filmed and very intense um the the gunfighting especially uh the very beginning um when you're introduced to oscar isaac's character that whole scene is the shit that that scene's really awesome i mean every scene um dealing with action is very intense and very well done i mean the film is just really well shot you know you would think oh you know i mean there's not a lot of close combat if there's really any close combat fighting scenes i don't think there's any it's all just gunfighting it's all gunplay um but uh yeah it's really great there's really no shaky cam at all it's all you see everything that's happening um it's filmed like ev anything can happen at any moment i mean again because it, it really does shit shit goes wrong obviously you know if i mean if it went right we really wouldn't have a film but uh yeah also just the scenery that the director um picks up and the cinematographer captures is really good it's 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 a surprisingly very beautiful film you know especially since it's called you know it's called triple frontier you know there's three main like areas where you know shit goes down <laughs> um but uh yeah um it's and i think they do generally a good job with the theme of we should be taking a lot better care of guys like this in real life and how they should have something to come to come back to you know no we shouldn't have reasons for them to go back to war we should have reasons for them to come back to civilization and stay there and not feel disenfranchised and shit upon because we don't take care of them as much as we should and i think it does a good job because i mean that's what they feel like they have to do this they have to steal money from a fucking drug cartel leader because they're they're making shit <laughs> and they're not doing what you know they were pretty much trained and made to do so yeah so the film isn't absolutely perfect um like i said it it, uh, it would be very close to getting my top 10 of 2019 but i don't think it would it's good enough to get there I think the 10 films that I picked are a little bit better and I enjoy a little bit more. But um let's get in let's just get into why. Um I just kind of wish I I knew a little bit more about the characters. You know, I think it's kind of teased what they did, but it's not exactly sure what exactly they did. And I, I get it, you know, it, you don't want to make the film any longer than it has to be, and I think they do a good job, but I just I I kind of I just I wish I knew a little bit more about these characters, especially Ben Affleck's character, because that kind of leads into my next nitpick. I feel like Ben Affleck's character makes a sudden turn. I mean, understandably so when you see that much of that much cash and like you want all of it, but like he's very cold, he's very calculated and very conservative in his planning of the whole operation. He's also very, you know, concerned and reserved about even going into this, you know, this job and this op opportunity that he has. But then it's just like he makes this quick, this quick decision, like this quick, you know, analysis. And just like, oh, let's no, 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 we need to do this now. And it's like, I feel like you wouldn't be like that because of what I've seen from your character. But I mean, if I would have saw like more of his family and his family dynamic and like what happened there and what happened with them, you know, before, you know, 
like actually in the war a little bit um again you don't want to be loaded with flashbacks but i feel like a a little bit more could have been known so that it makes that turn make a little bit more sense you know instead of i don't know i don't know exactly what i would have done um with like letting us letting the audience in on like the backstory of these characters but i feel like we could have used a little bit more especially for ben affleck's like you know quick turn which leads them into all this shit um especially he does some uh, he does like one particular fucked up thing um in the film and it's like oh shit okay uh whoa um but yeah so Again, it's amazing. It's not on the actor. It's it's on a little bit on the story, the the writers. But um, still, it's it it still does a really great job, and it's still really good. But yeah, I think Ben Affleck's character could have been developed just a, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. But overall, does the film have the movie magic? Though, does it have the Mikey's movie magic? Uh, yes, it definitely does. Um. Like I said, I mean, obviously, I, it would have been considered for the top 10 of my 2019. So, yeah, it would have to have the movie magic. Um, but, I mean, I kind of feel the same with A Portrait of a Lady on Fire that I do with this one. I mean, completely different films, but my opinions on them a little bit, like overall opinions on them, are kind of the same. Um, they both have the movie magic, but I don't really see myself watching these again. You know, especially if you know what happens for this one um you you know what's coming so those intense suspenseful scenes are not as suspenseful and intense i mean you watch it for you know the performances um the action scenes are really great <coughs> i mean i'll probably rewatch this one more than portion lady on fire but i'm like in, immensely glad that i watched both of the films and they're both phenomenal films and they both are worth watching worth checking out so yeah um, Triple Frontier is great, especially if you like those intense, um, uh, suspenseful um, films that are also action-packed. Definitely check this one out. Uh, if you like any of these a the actors that I ran down, definitely check this one out. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original film. So, yeah, uh, definitely check this one out. Triple Frontier is really... It surprised me how good it was. I didn't really have... I mean, I, I heard good things about it, so I had a little bit of a high expectations, but I think it definitely met those. You know, it's not the greatest thing. It's not the greatest action film ever, but it's pretty good. It's it's just surprisingly really good. So, yeah, Triple Frontier. Go check it out. So, final film to talk about today. Um, We have an animation, an anime film, a Japanese anime. Classic one. Probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Japanese anime film. It's on Hulu. I'm talking Akira. Um, uh, if you're unfamiliar with uh, Akira, um, it came out in 1988, um, basically a, I'm just gonna read the synopsis on IMDb, uh, a secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo, that's where the film is set, um, uh, in Neo-Tokyo, in the future, um, when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by two teenagers and a group of psychics. Okay, I mean, it's kind of missing a little bit there, but um, the synopsis is really probably not going to sell you, but a lot of a, a lot of other things are probably going to sell you on this film. But uh, I have to kind of give a quick shout out. The music in this one is quite amazing. Uh, who is it uh, by? Who does the music? Shoji Yamashiro um, does the music. He's amazing. And it's also directed by uh, 
Katsuhiro Otomo. And he, wow, dude. Um, this film, just the fact that it came out in 1988 is mind-blowing. Because this is probably one of the best animated films I have ever seen. Like, maybe not nar- like narratively the best, but like animation and visual visually the bet probably the best animated film i have ever seen um and it was made in 1988 and this shit stands up now what 32 years later um it's based off of a manga series of the same name um which came out in 1982 which is fun fact the same year that blade runner came out so yeah um this um the part of the reason why this is probably one of the biggest japanese animation films is that it's probably the the most influential. You know, this and Blade Runner like really set the tone for the whole cyberpunk hard sci-fi genre. I mean, this film it influences like you like films like The Matrix, Chronicle, Looper, Fifth Element probably wouldn't exist without this one. I mean, literally Chronicle Chronicle, the film Chronicle that found footage film about those three teenagers who like get superpowers um is pretty the story is pretty much like very like one of the characters is pretty much tatsuo from this um the two main characters being tatsuo and uh kanida kanida is kind of a leader of a biker gang and tatsuo is sort of his like adopted brother who's also in the biker gang and he's the one who gets exposed to this um military experiment um but yeah so um, also, just the film just not only influences film, but just pop culture in general. I mean, we're talking video games, music, the cyberpunk genre. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077, hopefully that game is fucking good. We need something good to happen this year. Um, but that game, I mean, you see the influences from this. I mean, and from films like Blade Runner. I mean, it's just it's just a really awesome world, and I'm glad it was so influential because it's fucking cool. So... It's influential, but how good in it in the the visual style is amazing. But how good is the film itself, though, Michael? Well, again, I kind of just want to keep talking about the animation because it's just wow. It's just it's so good. Um, just like some of the scenes that you're watching are just sheer jaw dropping, and like other characters in the same scenes are you know having their jaws dropped, and you're just like it's your perspective. And that's what your perspective is, is your jaw is dropping. You're like, what? <laughs> How are you doing this back in 1988? And I will admit, a lot of these scenes, <clears throat> excuse me, are very trippy and weird and sometimes downright disgusting. <laughs> but like, I'm here for it and it looks really good. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, bro, that's just, that's gross. <laughs> and yeah, it, and it, 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 it takes a lot to do that, especially pre-1990 um it's kind of kind of insane animation wise at least <coughs> man i don't know what's going on with my voice sorry about this guys uh, my my voice seems kind of weird but uh i swear to god i'm not sick don't 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 say that i'm not sick i'm denying it i'm not sick fucker um but hey man i'm, I'm talking a lot maybe i'll take a drink of water but uh <coughs> yeah 
It's also, I mean, it also helps that the film is probably at the time when it came out was the most expensive um, anime film ever made at the time. But the good news is it quadrupled it. <laughs> it, it quadrupled its profit, so it made, it made it quadrupled its actual like funding. So that's kind of awesome. It's a well done film. Well done. Um, the setting is great. Neo Tokyo looks beautiful and also in like a awful like disturbing way too. Like this dystopian type of future. I mean, that's kind of what, you know, this film started. <laughs> this and Blade Runner, this dystopian future that looks really cool, but, like, living there would kind of suck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Neo-Tokyo is great, and just that also leads into just the general aesthetic of the film is just so perfect. I mean, that's kind of a big reason why hard sci-fi films are so popular is just the pure aesthetic really enhances the content of the film. You know, just like Blade Runner. Like with the music and the visuals and the setting, um, and like the technology around it, just really enhances everything about the story and just the general feel of it. And that's this. It's the same way here. I mean, just like the bike, the bike chase scene at the very beginning is very awesome. It's so cool, and visually is just so unlike anything you've ever seen and just it's just really it's just cool like that's just the best way i can describe it um but yeah um and just the fact that it, it just holds up the film holds up like the animation i probably will always hold up i mean it has this like gritty nature to it but because it's old but that enhances the film and the and just just the general visuals of everything is just it's just amazing. It, it looks it looks better than a lot of animation today, in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty nineteen. I'm like, bro, what? This is thirty two years old. So the animation's kind of crazy, um, and it's a hard sci fi story. I, I'm I'm a sucker. I mean, hard sci fi is kind of my favorite genre. So um, it kind of this definitely helps my opinion out a lot more because I sort of have a little bit of a bias. But, I mean, the I mean the themes are very hard sci-fi, you know, dealing with humans gaining the powers of gods and just having this great power and how that can corrupt someone and the themes of creation and also just absolute destruction with these type of powers. And as an ambiguous ending, which is open for interpretation, which I appreciate, um, <clears throat> I still don't really get it, but I've only seen it twice. This is my second time, and the first time I read, I was using subtitles. I watched the dub version of this. But, uh, yeah, so I would love to hear from you guys. If you've ever seen um, Akira and you kind of know what the ending really means to you, I mean, it could it, it could mean different things, but I think it does a really great job of being a little bit ambiguous. But I think it with repeated viewings, you, you'll definitely pull something out, just like what Blade Runner does. I mean, it took me a couple viewings to get really into Blade Runner. I remember the first time I saw Blade Runner, I was just kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. It looked cool and it sounded cool, but I don't know how I feel about the story. And then like, you know, a couple more viewings and you're like, and then you're just all, you all of a sudden find yourself crying at the tears and rain monologue by Roy Batty at the end. You're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I, I love this film now. So that's kind of what hard sci-fi does to you. You just kind of have to, it's like, it takes time to like, you just have to like, keep exposing yourself to, it and you'll eventually fall in love with it. Um, and it's the same here. Um, in my second viewing, I definitely caught a lot more things. I mean, it also helps that I watched the dub version. I mean, granted, like, say what you will about dubbed versions with anime. 
I mean, there's those diehard people out there that just, you know, always raids the subtitles. But sometimes you miss things because I'm not like the best, fastest raider in the world. So I miss things. So, yeah, that's great. But I will say the film is a little bit like kind of like the first Blade Runner film, a flawed masterpiece. Um, now, how can I, I could be flawed, Michael? It's the greatest Japanese anime, fi- anime film ever made. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you really think about it, they're, they're fitting a what? I think it was like around a thousand to two thousand page, pages of manga into a two hour film. And I'm pretty sure this, I read somewhere the script was only 120 pages. Like, there's a lot of things that you're skipping over, you know. I'm sorry about that. I think they're just dumping trash into a... Oh, that sounds great. Thanks, guys. I'm glad I live here with all this fucking noise. Just imagine if I had to sleep during the day. God fucking damn it. Oh, fuck this year. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah. So, yeah, a two-hour film, 120-page script, and you're fitting over a thousand pages of manga into that. A thousand pages of story. Like... Some things are going to be lost and some things are going to be forgotten. And that kind of leads into, you know, shit kind of getting lost and not really understanding what exactly is happening. I mean, again, repeated viewings will help you with this. But I mean, first time viewers probably will be lost and will be like, what's exactly happening? Who are these people? Why are these people doing this? Why are these people, why are these kids psychics? What is exactly happening? How does Tatsuo get his fucking powers? Why is he such a psychopath all of a sudden? Um, but it's, that's, that's kind of okay. I mean, a lot of these animation features and TV shows, I mean, um, their main purpose is to promote the manga and it does its job usually. I mean, like I want to read Akira now. You know, it's kind of does. That's kind of the reason why I love Berserk so much is because I watched that 1997 series and it ended. I'm like, holy fuck, I have to read the manga now. And that's what I did. And I, you know, Berserk is one of my favorite stories of all time now. <clears throat> so it's not really a bad thing. So, yeah, I should probably I'll have to check the manga out now. But uh, yeah, um, I think the <clears throat> the film d- pretty much does as good of a job it really could do with condensing a large story into a two-hour film. I think it does it the best job it could have ever done. That's why it's so popular. <clears throat> but, I mean, I kind of want to hear from people who've read the manga and seen the film and how well the film does condense that story because I haven't read the manga, so it'd be kind of an interesting perspective to hear from. But does it have the movie magic? Does it have, does this Japanese, does the biggest, one of the biggest Japanese anime features have the movie magic? Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> of course it does. I mean, granted, my hard sci-fi opinions on things probably help it a little bit. Because, I mean, uh, the first time I watched it, I was pretty lost, but I still enjoyed the experience overall. But now I got a little bit more out of it the second time and uh, it, a lot of the story makes a lot more sense to me but um yeah i still see how it can i i you're still kind of lost and you know hard sci-fi is not a very accessible genre and this film's not very accessible to people but i think it's just worth watching <clears throat> for the mainstream audience out there because just to see how influential this particular film is because you're going to see a lot that you've seen before but usually those things that you have seen 
came after this one and has been influenced by this. And just the animation in general is just some of the best of all time. And you see why. But uh, yeah, so definitely has the movie magic. <clears throat> I mean, if you're not a hard sci-fi fan, I would still kind of try to try to recommend this one because the animation is just so goddamn good. But if you're a hard sci-fi fan, and if you haven't seen this film, what are you doing? <laughs> Watch Akira. Like, it's really great. It's it's pretty special. It's a special film. And it's a must-see anime. I mean, it's one of the biggest. I mean, if you've ever a fan of anime i mean of course you've watched this one but yeah so i'm sorry i don't know what that is they're working on the roof too and i live on the top floor so i mean and kind of it's my circumstance guys i'm sorry about this i'm sorry if you're, it's you kind of just turn that turn that podcast off i really honestly wouldn't I would understand. I wouldn't be mad. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I gave three great recommendations. Now we're going to be getting to a topic that I'm not particularly wanting to talk about, but I feel like I should because it would be maybe a cathartic experience for me. But, uh, so we're talking about, in the video game world, <coughs> there's a certain video game that is uh, going to be coming out. Sorry, I'm kind of paying attention to what's going on outside now. Yeah, fucking some people talking. Who gives a shit? Um... A certain video game is, it's probably, um, a game that is probably one of my highly, like, one of the highest, uh, anticipated games for me, like, ever. It's kind of funny how the two, like, <clears throat> two of the biggest, like, highly anticipated games of all time for me are coming out this year. One being Cyberpunk 2077. I'm not talking about this one right now. I'm talking about The Last of Us Part Two. And I think a lot of you have, especially on here on YouTube, and I know people are kind of getting in trouble on this platform by just sheer talking about this but uh yeah the story was leaked by someone um it's kind of unsure who it exactly was there's rumors out there that it's a disgruntled employee and that would make sense with all of naughty dogs kind of leaked um business practices dealing with their employees having this whole crunch culture and not paying their employees which i do not support and what the fuck naughty dog pay your goddamn employees have a better culture there i mean I don't know how having putting people under crunch really stimulates creativity. I don't know. I don't really understand that. I don't, you know, having a time. I understand have having a timeline and having goals to be set, and those are kind of necessary. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is just just giving me even more pissed off. I am so sorry. I am so sorry about this. <laughs> god fucking damn it! God, this pisses me off. I'm so sorry, but. Now I'm getting a little bit more pissed off about this, but you know, um, it's it you know if you're even on here on the internet like and you're anticipating and you're kind of following the whole Last of Us news coming into it, like you're pr you've probably been spoiled because the entire story was leaked online. Um, of the whole story was leaked on of the Last of Us Part Two was leaked online, and man, I'm just so pissed off about what I know. And just how this experience was ruined for me. But I'm also kind of a little bit thankful. I mean, when I first kind of got some things spoiled, I just like, okay, I don't want to fucking know anymore. Fuck you. Fuck this. And I was kind of going to initially kind of defend um, The Last of Us Part Two, like in its story. I was going to come on here and like actually defend it and being and kind of defend the position of like, oh, context does matter. And it does matter. You know, context 
truly does matter. Holy shit. Holy shit. I hate people. <laughs> I mean, even though they're just doing their jobs out there, but, oh, Jesus. God damn it. But, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, like I said, context does matter. You know, like, just imagine for a second that you haven't seen and you're unfamiliar with the story of The Sixth Sense. And all you know about The Sixth Sense before going to see it is that one of your favorite actors, Bruce Willis, is the main character. What if someone told you before you saw it, oh yeah, by the way, Bruce Willis dies um, at, in like the first five minutes of the film. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I didn't know this was going to be happening right now. And I'm actually really fucking pissed off <laughs> about this. About this kind of ruining the audio of my podcast. But... You know, it's what we have to do. Um, so just imagine that, yeah, someone spoils, you know, tells you that, oh, Bruce Willis dies in the first five minutes of The Sixth Sense before you even saw the film and knew what the, you know, the story was. But obviously, since you've seen it, you know, it, that the, that whole story beat doesn't get reveal, revealed until the very end. So, yes, context does matter. But I thought maybe I should probably familiarize myself a little bit more with the leaks since I've already been kind of spoiled already. And there was one key detail that I didn't know. <laughs> um, most I'm not spoiling anything here. I'm not fucking talking about it because if you don't want spoiled, don't go looking for it like I did. This is partly my fault. I spoiled it for myself and I just kind of went on a little bit because it's like I already, already know, so let me just watch something else about it. And... I was going to be like, I don't know why people are really criticizing this game before they've even played it. And now now that I know that this that one key detail, I understand why people are really fucking pissed off. Um, and most of the most of the story leaks, I was just like, oh, OK, um, that that's not terrible. I mean, some of it I kind of expected going into it, going into the game. And then this one key detail that, you know, you may be playing as a certain character for war a decent amount of the game yeah that rubs me the wrong way i'm like yeah that does not work <laughs> um that kind of sucks and i mean there's still i'm sure still a way that they could make it good you know like but like i'm really having a hard time seeing the context and of how this works and how this is an enjoyable experience <laughs> um but uh yeah i'm i'm overall just kind of pissed off and disappointed in myself and other you know oh, jesus jesus christ jesus fucking christ oh nothing can go right guys i'm just kind of i'm just disappointed and i just overall this year just sucks and this whole last of us two situation sucks and it's very disappointing like i said i've never been this let down since I played Mass Effect, Mass Effect 3 and, and experienced that ending. And if you've ever played Ma the Mass Effect series, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, that ending initially has been, is, is, was one of the worst endings I've ever experienced. Even worse than Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones is pretty fucking bad. At least Game of Thrones gives you some closure with characters. Mass Effect 3's ending, initial ending, gave you absolutely no closure for any of your characters, and all your actions through that point really didn't fucking matter at all. And you were told that they did matter, and it didn't. It doesn't. But they did kind of make it up with, you know, your extended cut DLC being free, and the Citadel DLC kind of providing all that closure with all your, the you know, your characters that you, you love. 
So they kind of sort of redeem themselves. But uh, get here, man. Uh, I don't really know who thought that that idea for the story was a good idea. Maybe it is. But it just kind of comes across that. Holy shit. I'm just going to wait. It just comes across that. Oh, don't you fucking do it again. It just comes across that um, you're just kind of putting it out there to just be surprising rather than having a valuable story. And, like, I get it. Um, the Last of Us Part 1 is not a happy story, and I wasn't expecting a happy one for Last of Us Part 2, but just, I don't know, man. It just seems kind of out of touch, the story decision. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm probably still going to play the game because, I mean, what I've seen, I'm sure the gameplay and the way the animation and the visuals look and the, the feel is still going to be, like, top-notch. It's probably still going to be, like, gameplay-wise, a really good game. But and I think, but from th that whole point that I know on is going to be really hard to play. And it's not particularly a game that I really want to play. But I'll probably still play it and maybe give you guys, give you guys maybe like a spoiler review. Like just a, a, a certain podcast. Just a dedicated to, to the entire game and be spoiler heavy. Just to kind of be a little bit, sorry, cathartic on this issue. Because this really, this really sucks. Um... And it just really makes the year of 2020 even worse. And it just seems like it keeps getting worse with this whole, like, fucking murder wasp being in fucking, in Washington now. That just kills people. And these fucking wasps are, like, this big. It's kind of insane. And just the way this year has gone has just been all terrible. And, oh, man, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be getting any better. But that leads into, you know my message because it will hopefully eventually get better <sighs> i think they're pouring concrete that's kind of what it sounds like but whatever i'm sorry i apologize guys i'm really sorry this i i i really needed to get this out there because i don't want to because you know tomorrow is you know i'm babysitting my nephew tomorrow and then the weekend i kind of you know want to get prepare myself to go back to work because there's some prep that needs to be done there and uh but so i needed to get the, i needed to film this record this today so i'm sorry about this but um yeah like i've usually said in my episodes you know tomorrow's a new day and it's okay to not be okay today because you know hopefully this gets better and hopefully it does and sometimes you ha you can control that and, you know, use those bad things that happen to you as, you know, positive things in your life and positive personal growth moments. And, you know, try not to dwell on things so much and the negatives and everything, you know, even with this Last of Us situation, you know, people are already making their decisions about, you know, not buying the game, which I totally get because of what I've learned about these leaks. And if they're even confirmed, if they're confirmed, then, ah, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think Naughty Dog's really d doing anything to deny them. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it's rough. Um, but we also still have the first game.
This is going to be extra long because I'm waiting for this to go. It's not raining. <laughs> it's actually pretty fucking nice out. It's, it's just them. I think they're pouring concrete or something. I don't know what they're doing. I th that's kind of what they're doing. I th I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. But anyway, yeah, um, we still have the first game. The first game's spectacular. I think it's a good contained story. And uh, yeah, um, the second one you can just block out <laughs> of your of your mind. And the first one's still magical and still a great experience. I highly recommend the first Last of Us game because it's one of the best narrative-driven video games of all time. And it's just a shame because all a lot of people are, you know, shitting on Naughty Dog and this Last of Us Part Two when it's it sucks because not a lot of narrative-driven games, single-player-driven games, are being made now. And now companies are going to be viewing what is happening to this. And I saw this with Mass Effect Andromeda, where people just made it a meme and shit on the whole game. And Mass Effect Andromeda, with playing the whole game, I believe leans a lot more towards being a good game than a bad game. Yes, okay, the facial animations are not good. But I mean, was any of the Mass Effect games facial animations good? Were the Fallout facial animations good? Were Skyrim facial animations good? Why do they get passes? Granted, I get it. The, you know, some of initially of Mass Effect Andromeda's facial animations were pretty pathetic and hilarious. That's why they were made as memes. But they kind of got better. They patched them a little bit, so it's not as noticeable anymore. Yes, the story is not as good as the original three Mass Effect games. The villain is pretty by-the-numbers and kind of cliche. A lot of the twists you can see from a mile away. But the gameplay and the like, the combat is the best out of this series. It's the best-looking Mass Effect game out of the series. Like, the graphics are, other than the facial animations, like, ridiculously good. <laughs> um... Um, the music is still great. The ending is actually pretty epic and fulfilling, actually. I was kind of surprised how good the ending was, and I was excited to play more of it and for the DLCs to come out, but, you know, the f the game clearly didn't lost a lot of money, and no one was playing it, so they canceled the DLC because it wasn't financially feasible or, you know, beneficial. And now a lot of these companies, especially EA, you know, they just want a reason to be like, hey, man, single-player-driven, narrative-driven video games don't make us money. So we're going to keep pumping out Destiny clones and Fortnite clones and Battle Royale games and shitty fucking mediocre sports games that we focus on Ultimate Team so we can put these gambling and, you know, gambling mechanics and loot boxes and fucking player packs in there so you we can make a lot more money. And that's where we are with video, the video game industry. And it fucking sucks. Like, there's so many... This this whole Last of Us Part 2 thing sucks on so many levels. It's so disappointing. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. But, you know... With that, guys, I think we're around an hour. I think I'm just going to end it there. But, you know... We still have the first game. And we still have Cyberpunk 2077 later in the year in September... And I truly believe that's going to be an amazing game. And I think CD Projekt Red really knows how to take care of its audience and really consider their audience and knows how to make a good game. So hopefully something can come good out of 2020. Because so far this year has been really bad. And I, I hate to leave this podcast on a shitty note. 
And I'm going to be doing more podcasts, guys. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Even if I'm working constantly, I'm still going to be putting these out every once in a while and giving you guys content and recommendations for you guys to watch, especially because I know a lot of you, a lot of you are still under quarantine, even though I might not be in a couple days. So, yeah, guys. <sighs> My God. Oh, couldn't have picked a worse time to record my episode. Fuck. Why didn't I, like, I, I should just do this late at night now. But I'm not going to really, well, I'll, I'll probably be able to do that on the weekends, but fuck, I need to do this now. Oh, boy. Sorry about it again, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, yeah, I'll see you guys on the next episode of Alert Nerd Out Sanctuary, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. But, look, um think about it probably maybe next week on the weekend of next week next weekend probably the next episode episode 20 which will be kind of crazy 20 whole episodes but um yeah guys so thanks for watching i appreciate you all you guys watching and um yeah thanks and uh see you on the next episode bye bye <laughs>